1: Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends at 1618 after 131-2020. $1, 30, $1, pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and 3 activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums.
3: Use rules and restrictions apply.
1: Napa know-how. Right now, Napa Legend Batteries come with a $15 rebate by mail. Their long-lasting durability stands up to extreme conditions. So even on scorching days, it'll puff its chest out and be all like, hey, summer heat, find another car battery to drain. Napa Legend Batteries with $15 mail-in rebate. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, offer expires 831.18.
2: Log Talk Radio. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. My name is Matt Canada, MC Money, and I am joined by certain the creepy soccer dad and short hair Houts. And we are here this week after a week off last week due to the Fourth of July holiday. We'll talk about our festivities in just a quick second. But as you re- as you just heard, I called Houts short hair because that is right, boys and girls. Houts cut his long hair, his long, flowy hair. Which was very majestic, very beautiful, very soft to touch. And None as he prepares, true. as he prepares to become a father in this world, that he is, is uh, he is maturing a bit and really growing up before our eyes. So, how's like to congratulate you on becoming a man and, and cutting your hair short?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just kept making the joke that I don't want my uh, daughter to think that I'm just like a really ugly mom. Because <laughs> I think my hair was pretty damn long, and I, I had a beard, so I didn't want him to think I was like, I heard to think I was a bearded lady. So I had to do something. So how that, is did it, you how com- was it?
1: Did you did you completely shave your beard, House?
0: No, no, that's still there. I couldn't do that. I trimmed it up. It's still pretty mediocre, but it's still there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so House, how is it? Does it is it weird? Is you, are you conscious of it? Are you do you look in the mirror and be like? What did I do with myself? I mean, how is it? Yeah, how is it going? It's weird. I mean, I used to
0: throw that sh- – I used to throw it up in a bun because I had to wear a hairnet at work. So, like, I'm every time I come home from work, I think it's still up, and then I go to touch it, and it's just not there. So, I, I think it's <laughs> getting used to, but I, I it is what it is. I, I look like a skinnier, uh, less ogre-like Andrew Luck, I think. I mean, I got that short little Amish cut and the the beard, so I kind of – Feel like myself i kind of feel like i might resemble andrew luck a
1: little bit and i don't know
3: how i feel
1: about yeah you need that. you need to start growing out that neck beard because <laughs> luck can grow a pretty mean neck beard so if you yeah. can pull that off then i think you could definitely be a doppelganger for yet another person other on top of jesus christ uh, so,
2: <laughs> so so
1: so so how's you know with your short hair and
2: everything we'll see you in person in just a about two months when we go to the dolphins jets game and, and so forth but really what we all want to know and what our listeners want to know is how did you take your, you you said you, you have to put your hair up in a, in a net. So that means you're a chef in your profession. But the biggest question that I and everyone else wants to know is how did you take your chef talents and translate it to the 4th of July holiday? And what did you cook for yourself, your family, and your friends?
3: See, that, that's the
0: funny thing. I don't think that I cooked anything that day. I'm not sure that I did anything. I know my wife worked, so I was just here by myself. And, yeah, I, I do not recall cooking anything of importance. So I did not use my chef talent, so I do that throughout the week and get paid to do it. But when I'm at home, I am I eat cereal. I, I don't really go crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I know, how, how I know something was cool. Yeah, I know something cooked up some filet mignon, so that's, like, what you might expect of me to say, but... Yeah, man, I, yeah. I didn't even make. I didn't even make hot dogs and hamburgers.
2: <laughs> so and talk about your uh, talk about your filet mignon and, and everything else that you did on the Fourth of July.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Obviously, it's nice having a chef uh, so handy. So I just hit house up. I'm like, hey, how do I cook a filet mignon? I've never been in a position in my life where I could actually buy one and like want to cook it. So uh, yeah, just threw a little salt and pepper on there. And might look to invest in a cast iron, according to our compatriot here.
2: Um, (laughs) But
1: I did go ahead and throw it on a gas grill. Um, Turned out nice and tender. And I I couldn't have expected a better meal for the 4th of July. Bring America in. America. Nice, nice. So so for me,
2: I was supposed to have a seafood fest. That never happened. We had traditional hot dogs and hamburgers and the other stuff with it. Nothing too exciting going on there. Uh, first 4th of July in our house, we uh, spent it with some family, and really nothing nothing crazy exciting, and I don't know if it was just my neighborhood, my new neighborhood, but there weren't a lot of fireworks going off late, I don't know about you guys, I don't know if it's just the thing that's here in my neighborhood, or all of Connecticut, or or you guys, how, how was the neighborhood fireworks afterwards? You know, it's funny, because well, you hear them going off
0: outside, and you just you're just waiting for one to hit your house. I mean, I definitely heard him going off around the house, but, I mean, I didn't I didn't set any off, and I just was waiting for one to just smash up on the house, and I'd have to be that angry 30-year-old house that goes out there just, like, cursing like we're at the game again. Like, what, what what are you doing? Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Well, so you still have yeah. your five fingers basically then, right? Yeah, I'm no JPP, not yet. <laughs>
1: Not much going on in Cleveland. Um, you could hear some off in the distance, but that was kind of a good thing because uh, my kid is scared to death of fire drills and like loud sounds like that. So um, I don't know how he would have reacted to some really loud fireworks that were close. So worked right, out well, good for
2: stuff. us. Good stuff. So there are no fights, no debates on, on the 4th of July for any of us, but it looks like there will be some type of debate tonight because we need to talk about Jarvis Landry and Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not sure if there's going to be a debate between us three here on the show, but lately on Dolphins Twitter, and if you have Twitter, you know exactly what Dolphins Twitter is. It is a insufferable, um, depressing place to be when Dolphins fans start going off on each other and start fighting and start arguing about (laughs) who knows what. And, And it could be anything from, Adam case didn't shave his beard the right way that day. And that means he's a bad coach to debating the merits of whether Dan Marino was the greatest quarterback of all time, which is a serious discussion. But in the middle, you have things like is Ryan Tannehill ready to take the next step? And is Jarvis Landry a player that is worth paying all these millions of dollars. And at least for me tonight, I'm here to tell you that it's time to stop the debate about these two players. And we're going to talk about each one of them individually. But the reality is, is this. Every quarterback in the NFL, with a few exceptions, mainly Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and maybe one or two others, they, these quarterbacks are debated by their fan bases every day of the week, and especially during the season as well. Is this guy that right? answer to the franchise can this guy take the next step is this quarterback going to be elite listen how many quarterbacks in the nfl are elite right now very few you could probably count on one hand right you can't keep sitting there waiting for that perfect quarterback to fall into your laps because the chances of that happening if you we can go back into the past five drafts and look at every quarterback drafted and there were quite a few of them dozens of them And how many of them, won are starters in the NFL? And how many of those starters are elite starters? Again, very few. All right? If you sit around waiting for the perfect quarterback to fall into your laps, guess what? You're going to be waiting a very long time. Just when the Indianapolis Colts thought they had it great with Peyton Manning leaving and Andrew Luck coming in. Hell, Peyton Manning and Indy was debated until he won a Super Bowl there, right? And he was debated afterwards, too. And he was debated in Denver until he won a Super Bowl there. But the people thought Andrew Luck was the next greatest thing. And now people are debating Andrew Luck, whether he can take that next step, whether he's peaked, whether he's on the right track to take that next step. Because Andrew Luck came in his rookie year and set the league on fire. But since then, what has he done? Has he done anything more impressive in terms of playoff wins? Than Ryan Tannehill, no, he has not. Okay, so you're going to debate these quarterbacks ad nauseum day in and day out if you think you're going to get the perfect quarterback to fall into your lap. Newsflash, it is not going to happen. That's my thought. You take what you have, you build around that quarterback, and you make him the best that he can possibly be, and you maximize his potential. Sutton, I don't know about your thoughts about Ryan Tannehill and the debate about him and whether there should be a debate, But I want you to chime in and tell me, are you feeling the same thing I'm feeling or do you agree that there should be debates about Ryan Tannehill? And do you agree that the Dolphins should keep looking for a quarterback until they get that perfect one?
1: Well, if you put it like that, I'm going to go with both. I think you're absolutely right. I think there's only a handful of elite quarterbacks and then everybody else is either pretty good or just okay. And, Ryan Tannehill, when you look when you look at the AFC and the future landscape of the quarterback position, once Tom Brady retires, who in the AFC really scares you? Does Phillip Rivers scare you? Does Ben Roethlisberger no. scare you? Maybe a little bit if Roethlisberger's playing in Pittsburgh. But if he's playing at Miami, he doesn't scare me. Luck doesn't no. scare me. We played him. You know, so there's there's just no quarterbacks in the AFC that scare me, so I'm wondering why we are uh, you know, Hill is such a lightning rod, you know, obviously he plays the most important position on offense, but in terms of the sheer volume of this conversation, you know, it's, everything's been said, you know, <laughs> there's really nothing to add to the discussion until play starts back up. That's the only way to rejuvenate this conversation because everything's been said. So now we just need to, agree to disagree, and wait for new film to come out to, to, and, to inform these theories that we have right now. But nothing else to discuss, to be honest with you.
2: Houts, I know you just bought a Ryan Tannehill jersey, Houts, and uh, that means to me you're on the Ryan Tannehill bandwagon. So just explain to us you know, what you see in Tannehill and if the fans should keep debating and if they have the right to Obviously, they all have the right to debate. We're not here to say don't debate it because you have no right to. We're just saying put your energy somewhere else. How do you agree with that assessment? Or do you think the debate should continue around Ryan Tannehill?
0: I, I definitely believe that fans need to put their yeah, anger and, put frustration put their and frustration. Pressure 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 pressure. Pressure. But let, let me just run, just run down a list. Since Dan Marino,
3: Marino
0: Dolphin starting Dolphins quarterbacks. Start. we have Jay Fiedler, Damian Heward, Ray Lucas, Brian Greasy, AJ Feeley, Sage Rosenthal, Gus Farrat, Joey Harrington, Dante Culpepper, Cleo, Lemon, Trent Green, John Beck, Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, Tyler Thigpen, Matt Moore, and then Ryan Tannehill. So you look at that list there and you're going to try to tell me that we have reason to be upset with Ryan Tannehill. Are you kidding me? Like the, the amount of uh, mediocre quarterbacks on that list that we had to deal with for the last decade or so. And you got a guy like Ryan Tannehill comes in here and works his ass off, a guy that. We all know he played wide receiver in college. He converted to a quarterback. And in my opinion, he's doing just fine. So, I mean, you mentioned me buying a jersey. I couldn't pass up that deal. I mean, it was half off. It was an elite jersey. I ordered this freaking thing. It came to me. And it's uh, it was a small size they have, But I'm going to be honest, it looks like a nightgown on me. But, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he's my quarterback. I, I like his toe thumbs. I think elite quarterbacks have toe thumbs. I've been saying that for <laughs> years on Twitter. Uh, handsome guy. Wife's beautiful. Steel, he might even be the next offense quarterback so i mean for me ryan Tannehill he has all the intangibles there i know something posted an article about his play action passing uh when you got a guy like J.J. in the backfield i mean that's a huge part of his game I, I kind of always thought of Tannehill. i kind of remind reminded me of a a jake Plummer. he was that guy that was succeeded on rollouts he he has great accuracy and I mean up until last year everyone kept bashing him for his deep ball but I mean he came out and he showed everyone that that wasn't the case. I mean he flourished under Adam Gase last year and if he didn't get hurt who knows what would have happened in Pittsburgh so for me I'm a Ryan Tannehill guy. I have no reason to be upset with him and I mean we look back at what his contract was when he signed that. I can't really remember the numbers but we all all thought some people came out and said how that was some crazy deal and you look at it now and he's the 15th highest paid receiver in the NFL or uh, quarterback in the NFL so I mean you I like Ryan Tannehill. I I do think Miami maybe should look at a quarterback in the draft. I've been saying that for a few years. I think they should find a guy to develop in case, like we saw last year, Tannehill goes down. But for me, he's my guy. And
2: that Matt Moore crowd, that's just crazy. Yeah, that, that crowd needs to just stop right now. Let me tell you a few things about Ryan Tannehill. Prior to his injury in Week 14 last season, he had been playing some of the best football of his career he posted three of his top five best quarterback ratings in his last five games prior to that injury a 130.6 rating in week 10 at san diego in week 12 versus san francisco he tied for the second best rating of his career also 130.6 in week 14 versus arizona posted a 124 rating the fifth best of his career last season he improved his rating and efficiency finished the season with a 93.5 quarterback rating and averaged 7.7 yards per attempt. Both marks ranked in the top half of the NFL last season and are career highs for Ryan Tannehill. It's the fourth highest highest passer rating in franchise history and highest by a Dolphins quarterback since 2008 when Chad Pennington posted 97.4. He threw his 100th career touchdown pass in week 12 versus San Francisco and threw three touchdowns in that day. He is just one of three Dolphins quarterbacks to throw for 100 touchdowns. Joining Dan Marino and Bob Greasy, Greasy with 192, Marino with 420. His deep ball improved greatly this past season. Seven games last season with the completion of at least 50 yards. And that was after we hit Jarvis Landry for a 71-yard gain to set up a Miami touchdown in the third quarter of the Week 14 game versus Arizona. The seven games with a 50-plus yard play are tied for the most in the NFL last season and a career high for Ryan Tannehill. He became a Dolphins record holder. He became the all-time career leader in rushing yards by a quarterback last season with 1,045 yards for his career. He surpassed Hall of Fame quarterback Bob Greasy's 994 rushing yards. And that was week 11 versus the Los Angeles Rams when the Dolphins pulled the victory out of their you-know-what. Those are just some of the key stats for Ryan Tannehill. And if you look at his career stats in his career arc he's improved his completion percentage every season he has been around the same area of 4,000 yards per season had over 20 touchdowns each season with the exception of his rookie year with 12 and last year with 19 because of the injury about 12 interceptions 13 interceptions averaging per season and and the high 80s and uh the low 90s last year 93.5 for the season so is ryan Tannehill a bad quarterback absolutely not Is he a good quarterback? Yes. Is he an elite quarterback? No, he's not. Will he ever be an elite quarterback? I don't know. I don't know if he ever will. I don't know if anyone knows if he ever will. But the fact of the matter is, you need to take what you have in your quarterback. You have to understand and appreciate all of his good traits. You have to understand his faults and his weaknesses. And what Adam Gates has done is he has taken all that into account and has built an offense around all of that. So sit back and enjoy because unless you're picking in the top five, the top 10, no, you got to be picking in the top five pretty much to get a really elite quarterback right out of college. And even that is a crapshoot. Look at Robert Griffin. Jared Goff struggled mightily last year. Carson Wentz after coming out hot stuttered throughout the rest of the season. And then if you're talking about third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, everyone says Tom Brady was a sixth round quarterback. Why can't you pick a quarterback in the sixth round and strike gold? Because how many six-round quarterbacks have played like Tom Brady? Very few. All right, so I think it's time just for people to move on send their energy elsewhere. Any last thoughts on Ryan Tannehill before we move on? Yeah, real
1: quick, and Houts really alluded to it when, when he had his commentary. You know, I remember the John Becks and Legadoo Nani's, so when you're when we're talking about whether Ryan Tannehill and Jarvis Landry fit in our plans, like it's in my nature to fight for these types of players. Like I don't remember watching these types of players through my formative years as a Dolphins fan. So, um, yeah, it's just paralysis by analysis and we just, we need to, we need to see more tape before we can even go forward with this conversation.
2: How's up about you? Any, any last thoughts on Ryan Tannehill before we move on? No,
0: I mean, I've been a fan. I've mentioned that, and I just think back to the day we got drafted, and I think I was there when I wanted Miami to draft Brady Quinn. I mean, I always wanted the Dolphins to get that quarterback since Marino. You always wanted that first-round quarterback. And then when Miami did it, I mean, I know I was pretty intoxicated, but I still remember just sitting there, and I, I couldn't hold in the tears that were coming out of my eyes because I just thought that we finally had our franchise quarterback, and I still feel that way. I mean, you alluded to it. We've all t- touched on it. I mean, there are very few quarterbacks in the NFL that – you can 100% say are better than Ryan Tannehill. I mean, personally, I'm not even sure that we've seen everything that Ryan Tannehill can become. I don't know that he's reached his full potential and hopefully his knee can stay healthy and he can continue to grow under Adam Gase. Cause I mean, I still haven't seen what Tannehill is yet. And I think that's my favorite part about him. And uh, like we touched on all those names that came before him, there's no reason to be upset with Ryan Tannehill.
2: No. And my last thing that I will say is, uh, Jason Peck on Twitter at Peckaway99 says, I really think the injury will help 17 improve more than anything. He got to see the game through the coach's eyes. He never had that view. And I am 100% in agreement with that assessment. It, it allowed Tannehill to take a step back and to look at the game through another lens. So we tell people to extend their energy elsewhere, right? To talk about oh, something else other than Ryan Tannehill. So when people talk in another direction, what do they bring up? they bring up Jarvis Landry and they are the judge jury and executioner when talking about Jarvis Landry. I see many, many people talking about why the Dolphins should not pay Jarvis Landry, why Jarvis Landry does not deserve to be paid and why the Dolphins should move on from Jarvis Landry. I see people on the other side saying the Dolphins should absolutely pay for Jarvis Landry because of X, X and X and that they should do whatever they can to keep him on the team. So, what we're going to do is we're going to tell our sides and kind of try to help you a little bit in terms of understanding what goes on behind the scenes. Because not many of us know what goes on behind the scenes. Exactly. Some of us hear what goes on behind the scenes, but what you don't usually see on the TV and what you don't usually hear on the radio and in the news media is how much of an impact these guys make in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, as they're helping young guys, And what you don't see about Jarvis Landry is all of that. How he is one of the most energetic guys in the meeting rooms. How he is one of the most vocal guys in the meeting rooms. How he has high energy in the locker rooms. How he brings 100% to practice almost every day. How he turns it up a notch and allows the younger guys to follow him to see how to play like a pro. When Jarvis Landry got drafted by the Miami Dolphins, they asked him, What is the difference between you and Odell Beckham? Because at the time they were, and they still are best friends. And Beckham went in the first round and Jarvis Landry went in the second. And Jarvis Landry told the Miami Dolphins reporters on his conference call, he said he was the most reliable receiver at LSU. And as you see Landry and Beckham (laughs) playing several seasons in the NFL, you absolutely understand why. Beckham inconsistent, Beckham with an attitude problem, Beckham with immaturity problems. Landry, yes, some stupid penalties, but Landry is zoned in, plays football, doesn't get involved in all that drama outside of things. You don't see Jarvis Landry on a boat the day before a game or the day after a game. You don't see Jarvis Landry taking Snapchat and Instagram photos with others in the background partying it up. But you do see Beckham doing that. So what Landry was saying is he's all in it for football. And all we see and all we really know is what happens on the field. But then when you hear stuff like I do and others do about things that go on behind the scenes, we can peek behind that curtain and see exactly why the Dolphins might want to pay someone like Landry. And while other people are just looking at his stats and comparing it to others, they're not taking into account the entire package. So just like Ryan Tannehill, for me, it's not worth talking about Jarvis Landry. Again, you have the right to. It is your opinion and I enjoy the conversation, and I enjoy the debate, but I'm saying that when you're trying to talk about whether the Dolphins should pay him or not, I don't think it's any of our business or jurisdiction to decide who gets paid and who doesn't and how the Miami Dolphins spend their money. Houtz, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of what he does off the field goes overlooked. I mean, I know people don't see them flashy numbers. They see... I think, honestly, I think what it comes down to is touchdowns. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I really wanted to wait till we got this game pass, So, I go on, line, uh, go on there and just look at how many touchdowns or how many times he got tackled within that five-yard line. Because, I mean, everyone looks at his touchdown production and tries to, to take a shit on Jarvis Landry, but what it comes down to. How many times, I mean, there was at least four or five times last year we got tackled inside the five and he set up a touchdown. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. But when the, the critics or those – uh, Landry haters they want to they want to look at his stats and they say oh he's not a top 10 receiver I mean I openly admit I don't know that Jarvis Landry's top 10 receiver but if you're going to try to tell me he's not a top 20 or if someone said a couple weeks ago not like a top 48 receiver they had Quincy and Noonwa over Jarvis Landry are you kidding me I mean it's ridiculous and people just uh he, he's so underrated what he does in the run game he I, I think it's been mentioned before he people seem to think he kind of resembles a Heinz Ward I mean he's that that gritty guy that comes in and makes all the blocks and, and does little things underneath. I mean, in my opinion, there's not a better slot receiver in the NFL. I don't know if he's a top 10 wide receiver, but he's absolutely a top 20 wide receiver in my eyes. And I mean, these fans, they just need to look elsewhere. Uh, I do know on Twitter, there's a group, uh, Landry gang gang. They're always on there. They're hyping off Jarvis Landry. Landry gang gang. Landry gang gang. It's um, <laughs> Mike PS and tones Miami and all those guys. I mean, they're referring, uh, Jarvis Landry, and I just had to give them a shout out. But yeah, for me, I think it's not our money. I mean, <laughs> he's going to make, what, 11 to $13 million a season, in my opinion. I, I don't see any reason that Steele doesn't get done before week one, and I think he deserves it. I mean, you can sit there and say, oh, they signed Kenny Steele. They have Devontae Parker's, needs a contract. Le'onte Carew, they traded up for it. But they're not Jarvis Landry. They don't do the things Jarvis Landry does on and off the field. He's a playmaker whenever that football's in his hand, and he's a leader, and that's what I want on my team. I if we get 53 Jarvis Landry, sign me up, because th- that's the way I view the Miami Dolphins. So Jarvis Landry, he should be a lifetime Dolphin, and there
1: should be no debate about it.
2: Son, how about you? How about your thoughts on this whole situation?
1: Yeah, if, if the salary cap is your number one argument against Jarvis Landry, you have a weak argument. That's all I can really say, because I've said time and time again, the salary cap is an overblown thing for fans. Miami will surely afford talented individuals that are this influential in the locker room and on the field with production, moving the chains, making sick catches, you know, and then the next day going and hanging out with some kids. And, you know, he, he said earlier on Twitter today that, um, that he, he wanted to, he wants, I'm paraphrasing. He wants to be in Miami and, his, fam- his whole family here. So what more do people need to hear? I mean, he wants to be here. He's not going to hold out for a contract. Um, he's going to play this thing out if that's what the Miami Dolphins organization is going to do. And if that's what they want to do, then I think we they've earned that trust. And I think the players – I think what Adam Gase did last year was he kind of pushed his poker chips out early and said, look, if you come in and you do your work and you produce and you do everything that I ask you to do, you're going to get paid. And you saw some players get paid this year. Um, coming back, that's a kind of an un- unusual off season for us to have to re-sign so many of our own like that. Um, so, I think going forward with that, Jarvis Landry, you have to know that the best intentions are in place, that there's great communication between Gase and Landry, between front office and Gase, front office and Landry. Everybody's in this thing together. So I don't think there's any way Jarvis Landry leaves Miami, Florida. I think he's going to be here. And whether he makes 11 million or 15 million or 17 million, who really gives a crap? You know, if the Dolphins want to sign this guy long-term and they deem that's what it takes, then keep him.
2: Listen, like I don't said. think Jarvis Landry's going anywhere. Just like you said, Adam Gates loves the guy. Adam Gates has talked openly about how much he loves him. And for Jarvis Landry to leave Miami, I think would be an absolute... Uh, I don't want to say sin, but I think it would be a big mistake for the Dolphins to let him go. And here I am talking about whether the Dolphins should pay him or not, and I just said we shouldn't really talk about that. But but in terms of whether the Dolphins should keep him or not, they should absolutely keep him. I'm just saying it's not up to us to decide and to judge how much or how little the Dolphins pay him. Because what the Dolphins are doing, they take a five-year, three-year uh, future look at the salary cap and see how it's going to raise. and and rise in the future. And, and we don't really, let's take that into account. Jarvis Landry had uh, after uh, going into week 17 last year, actually let's take a look at what he was doing after the regular season for Jarvis Landry. He uh, topped 1,000 yards receiving with J. H. I. and it was the first second time a Dolphins team had a 1,000 yard rusher and 1,000 yard receiver in the same season. He finished the season with 1,136 receiving yards, good for eighth most in a season in team history. Landry is the first Dolphins wide receiver to go over 1,000 in back-to-back seasons since Brian Hartline, the cat lover, did in 2012 and 2013. It was the sixth Dolphins wide receiver to ever post consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. With 94 receptions last season, Landry ranked number four in single-season team history. He now owns, in his short career, three of the franchise's top six single reception marks, including the team record of 110 he set in 2015. His value increases on third down, tied for seventh in the league with 26 third down receptions, 335 yards on third down, ninth best mark in the National Football League. So Jarvis Landry brings it all over the field. He brings it in the locker room. He brings it in the meeting rooms. He brings it on the practice field. And he brings it plenty of other places that we don't see. For that reason, the Dolphins should keep Landry. But in terms of trying to decide whether or not he deserves this money, that money, that's not for us to decide. So I would say save that debate. Debate the fact whether the Dolphins should keep him or not. Debate whether you think he's just a glorified slot receiver. And debate other merits about him. But please don't debate how much he should get paid and if the Dolphins should pay him or not, because that's not for any of us to decide. None of us are in a position of being an NFL player. None of us know what they go through.
0: Do you both agree? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And if those are decisions you want to make, go buy a Madden 18 when it comes out next month. That's right.
2: So you turn your salary cap on. Don't cheat. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> cheat and turn it off. Pay, pay the guy. Yeah. Don't pay the guy. Let him walk. See get your fan go down the drain. Get rid of Landry and Tannehill. Then yeah, your just, just start all over from scratch. Get your elite quarterback in <laughs> Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Hell, just become a Patriots fan. Just go away. All right. <laughs> That's probably easy. No, let get it. Now it's getting – Well, and
1: it's still such a a fluid situation. I mean, what happens if Devontae Parker hurts his foot again? Then, you know, leverage can change so quickly over the course of an NFL season with players in front offices and stuff. So what we know now and what we think is happening now may not even be close to what happens in the future. So for any of us to get so invested in us, you know, we're just little specks in a – big cosmic sea right now with this story. So this can go any number of ways. So we d- we just need to let the season play out and see what happens and just root for the guy to make plays like he's been doing for us. But I, I, I love him. Absolutely yep. love him.
2: And uh, Alpha asks in the live thread, when we think the Dolphins will be giving Lancher that new contract, I still am pretty confident it will be done before the season. Deadline spur action. Dolphins and Landry have a lot of time left before the season begins. So just be patient. All right, let's jump to that live thread and see if there's any questions for us to answer that we haven't addressed already. Uh, how it's inside what do we have going on in there?
1: we got a question from Daytona doll fan. Good evening. Radio type people. Do you foresee any holdouts or training camp? I myself don't, but you guys might have some more inside info than me. Um, no, I, I don't see any holdouts, and I. It's for the same reason I alluded to earlier with the whole Adam GaSe putting his chips out there with everybody. Um, I I just think he rewarded players in a in a smart way this year, and I think uh, he has player buy in. So I don't think you're going to see any type of holdout situation like that. I don't think it would jive with the new culture. No,
2: I th- I think I think they sent a the strong message with Rashad Jones. I think they're going to send a strong message with Jarvis Landry and uh, rewarding him before the season begins. And I think Dolphins players are going to start getting the hint that their way to get rewarded with a new contract is to show up and keep working. Anything else in a live thread, Sutton
0: or House? No, man. Just the Jarvis no. Landry
2: stuff that we already touched on. All right, let's take a look on Twitter and see if we have anything there. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Caroon. anything?
0: That's pretty nice. Yes, of course. I, of have, course I, haven't
1: seen, I haven't seen Rob on there in a
2: while. No, mm. Rob's here. Rob's here. So he asked, What are the realistic expectations for Ryan Tannehill this season? We kind of addressed that. Um, maybe we'll go a little more in depth on that. The other question he asked was Do we expect any undrafted free agents to land a roster spot? Rob, for me, that's a little too early to start thinking about with training camp not even started yet. Give me a week or so into training camp, and then I'll get an update for you on that. But realistic expectations—I don't know. Do you guys want to address that? Do you want, do you want to talk about that?
1: No, just—I mean, for the same reason that you mentioned, I think once training camp starts, and it's awesome that it's going to be starting in what, like, two and a half, three weeks, somewhere in there. Yeah,
2: July somewhere 20, in there. Yeah, July twenty something.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's awesome that we're going to actually have some information that we can work with. These aren't going to be, like, you know, all shorts type of, you know, not that type of environment. There's going to be some closed practices, obviously, but um, we're going to have a lot more, in- you know, information to work with once training camp starts and see how these training camp battles start to play out. Uh, but until then, there's really not much to go on other than sheer whimsicals.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think obviously Tannehill will improve. He has another year in Gase's offense. He's only going to get better. We all saw Matt Ryan take a huge step forward with uh, Kyle Shanahan in year two, and I think you're going to see kind of the same thing with Ryan Tannehill this coming season. All right, uh, I think that's it tonight for Finside Radio. Again, this is the off season, so we do shorten our show. We thank everyone for staying with us and continuing to listen. Um, how Sutton, any last words before we hang it up for the week? Go nope. Dolphins! <laughs> Sutton, you got anything? Did you say no? I couldn't uh, hear you. I,
1: I I did I did say nope
2: nope I said nope. You said you said nope. All right, so next week is July eighteenth. And uh, we may not have a show next Tuesday because I'm looking at my calendar right now and I'm seeing that it's my daughter's third birthday and her last one before she is joined by either a brother or sister at the end of August. So we may have to push the show to to Wednesday, the 19th. We will keep keep you posted on Twitter and and on the website as well as to what we are going to do uh, for sure in regards to next week. All right, so that is it for Finside Radio this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation regarding Ryan Tannehill and Jarvis Landry. We hope to see more livelier debates on Twitter, on Dolphins Twitter about the Dolphins, and hopefully debates that should be headed in the right direction and with energy extended in different areas of the team that deserve more debate than whether Ryan Tannehill is elite or going to become elite.
1: For certain
2: the creepy soccer dead in short here, how's I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Fin Radio this week. Enjoy your rest of the day and have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.